Uh, so today we are looking at Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, and uh, which is often called uh, the woman who fears the Lord, the woman of valor, of excellence. And so we're going to look at these verses here, and we're going to consider honoring mothers and motherhood. So before we uh, read the scripture here, let's open in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for giving us understanding. And now let's thank you for blessing us with mothers. And help us to understand you better and to love you better and to love one another better in your name. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. And you maybe have heard those words said in a different translation. You can put some put rubies there instead of jewels. Um, and the word, Hebrew word for wife is the same word used for woman. So in context, it just depends which context you're talking about here. So you'll also see translations and say, the woman of valor or the woman of virtue, who can find? Um, so you might be more familiar with those translations. Both of them are accurate. It's just context preference. So an excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And we could sum up these verses like this. So a woman of virtue is a rare fortune prized above all earthly treasures. 
She cares for her home and all who live there. She offers offers aid and sympathy to the poor. She is dependable and honorable. She brings stability to her family and confidence for their future. That's, That's that verse, laughing at the days ahead. That is a confidence about the future. She has wisdom and gives instruction with love and kindness. She is diligent in everything. Her children and her husband honor her. She receives recognition and reward. And to uh, keep us all here on the, on the same page, you know, now probably no woman in history has been all these things to all people all the time. It, it is an impossible list that God alone fulfills. And so, and women, you don't need to be a mom to start growing in these virtues. Also, we need to acknowledge that there are women who cannot be mothers, but they live out these virtues anyway. I I have been blessed by many spiritual moms in the congregations I've been part of. On the other hand, we also need to acknowledge that some people have experienced Cruel mothers. Their experience has been the total opposite of this, and we need to acknowledge that too, and that, and I'll address that in a couple minutes. However, the, these verses speak to the great blessing that godly mothers are, and so I want to begin there. And so on behalf of, of myself and all sons and daughters here among us, thank you, moms. Thank you for all the ways that you have cared for us. You fed and clothed us. You had what we needed for every season of life, whether that was school or sports or music or our favorite hobbies. You always made sure we had what we needed. And the home, your your activities, your spirit made home a place we wanted to be, a sanctuary away from the chaos of the world, a place of rest, a place that we felt loved, cared for, and safe. And I think we all know when you are sick, no one takes care of you like mom does. No one knows how that, that, the special pampering you need when you're sick. She knows your heart. She knows the way to soothe and calm you. She can always fix it, which is why the little children are always coming to mom. No, fix it, mom, right? Whether it's the toy or the, the new art project, she can always find a way. Mom gives you confidence to face the future. And we think of our moms. Moms taught us the basic skills of life, the skills that we use almost every hour of every day. And we, we take them for granted, but, but we literally use them every hour. And she taught with grace and kindness and with persistence because we weren't always willing to learn and listen. And mom has wisdom and insight for us to this day, right? It's not just while we're in the home, it's the rest of our lives. Mom has wisdom and insight for us. She nurtures us in body, 
mind, and soul. Mom instructed us in the word of God. She taught us how to pray. She taught us how to show kindness to others in need. And mom holds your heart. She, you want mom at all those big events in life. Whether we, you want her to be there for your awards and achievements, your graduations, your first job, your college, or your marriage, all these things. You want mom there. And I, I especially am aware of that because when I was 16, I lost my mom to cancer. And so I did not have my mom at many of those big milestones of life. And I felt that, that lack. But I know many of you have that, that wonderful blessing and you, you know that. And you, you that, that gladness that you wanted her there and she was there at those things. And we honor moms because you, you set us up. Your, your nurture, your care, your raising us set us up for everything we would accomplish and become. And because without mom, well, you would never have lived. <laughs> so we thank moms for everything we are and we have become. The value of mothers cannot be overstated. And God's word praises motherhood, praises the virtues of godly motherhood. God created woman. God established motherhood. As we read earlier, God, he made us male and female. He created Eve as the wife for Adam. In Genesis 3, Adam calls Eve, he names her Eve because she was the mother of all living that means all living humanity, not all living things, but all humanity, obviously. But this name, this is a, this is a title, really, of, of royalty and honor. She is the queen of humanity because she is the mother of all living. And it, it's, based, it, it's just based in reality. It's just fact. Every mother that follows after is her, is her descendant. She's the mother of all. So to be a, a daughter of Eve, to use uh, C.S. Lewis's language, a daughter of Eve, that is, that is a great honor. And as we read in Proverbs 31, God devoted 21 verses here to exploring, to just, to just praising the woman of virtue. And we see throughout the Bible, women are essential actors throughout all the biblical events. And we see God's concern and his care for women. They show a heart in God that loves and delights in women far more than any husband or children could. And it's important to remember how much God loves you. But we also see that the noble qualities of woman point to the noble qualities of God. In fact, God has all of these virtues, all the motherly virtues, he has in perfection. And I'll look through some, some Bible verses here that talk to us about these wonderful virtues of God. Revelation 4, 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and praise and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God is the giver of life. Luke 13, 34. 
How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. God gathers and shelters his children. Hosea 11, verses 3, 4, and 8. And you'll see how these were the, uh, the inspiration for my children's message here. This is God speaking. He says, Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I, I bent down to them, and I fed them. This is God speaking. God bends down to meet us where we are at. He leads us in gentleness. And like I said, I imagine that, that cords of kindness as that length of string that all the children grab and hold in a line and are led in a line together. But God's cords our kindness and his childish is love. Acts 14, 17. He did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. God gives us a good home in the world he created for us. Psalm 84, verse 3, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. God provides a home for the least of his creatures. Not one is overlooked. And Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the broken heart, the broken hearted <laughs> and binds up their wounds. And verses eight and nine. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. God heals our broken hearts and he feeds our bodies. He provides for all creation. That preparation of rain, it's like preparing the meal in the kitchen, except God is preparing the, the rains in the sky. Now, even as we honor these godly virtues, we must also, as I said earlier, we must acknowledge the brokenness that we experience and see in our families. There's many women who long to be mothers but cannot. Women mourn over infertility, over miscarriage, over abortion, and over wayward children. And we also know that no mother is perfect. Uh, they struggle with brokenness, as we all do. And unfortunately, many people feel disappointment in their mothers. Or even worse, they experienced abuse or neglect. That is a reality in this broken world. And it's doubly tragic because what was meant to nurture life instead has torn it down. And we see, and we know, some children are ignored or neglected or even abandoned. Some never experience sympathy or concern from their mother. Some are physically abused and some are 
experience cruel words from their mothers. And it's, um, I think here of uh, the Disney movie Tangled. Uh, in the Disney movie Tangled, the main character Rapunzel is kidnapped as a baby and raised as a witch, or raised by a witch in a tower. And the witch is pretend, pretends to be her mother the whole time. And there's a song early on in the movie that says, Mother Knows Best. And the witch is singing it to Rapunzel, trying try, try to convince her, Mother Knows Best. But it, she is manipulating her in the worst ways in this song. She insults Rapunzel, she makes her doubt herself, she tries to make her terrified of the outside world, and then she guilts her into never questioning her mother again. It, it, it's, it's a miniature masterclass in manipulation. Um, you watch the movie and, and just see her character throughout, it's just her ability to manipulate and deceive is tragic. And so she, she is a false mother, she's a pretend mother. She rejects the roles and virtues of motherhood and she uses a false motherhood to pursue her own selfish gain. And we know that there are many in this world who do the same thing, so, except without magic spells. <laughs> but, they're do, but they're doing the same selfish thing, and the root of this selfishness is sin in the heart. Sin refuses to serve another person. Instead, it manipulates everything to serve itself. The other end of the spectrum of the brokenness we see in motherhood is, is when a mom makes her children into her idol. Children become this mom's measure of success. Their achievements or their failings reflect on her, and only her relationship matters. And if they aren't good enough or not close enough with her, then she feels ruined. And we need to remember, children cannot bear the burden of being your God. It will crush them. No human being can be your God. They can't bear that. And I, but I think the most common form of, of brokenness that we experience, that mothers experience, I won't say we, I'm not, <laughs> but we, mothers experience is inadequacy. Every mom I've talked to has felt this to some degree or another, because there's, there's just not enough time, not enough energy, we just don't, mothers don't know enough or don't have enough wisdom. We, and of course, the experience of it all, every child is unique, the lessons you learned with the first one don't apply to the second one, you're just constantly relearning, adapting, and there's just never enough. And so mothers often feel how their own hearts fall short. They don't see in themselves the patience the, the gentleness, the, the wisdom and diligence that they wish they had. So they, they recognize the goodness of marriage, but they are overwhelmed by the burden of it. The good, recognize the goodness of motherhood. I think I said something else there. I'm going to repeat that. They recognize the, the goodness of motherhood, but feel overwhelmed by the burden of it. Now, before I address the inadequacy of, of human heart, 
I want to say a word to the men here. This, men in the room, boys and men, this is part of the, is especially for you. This is for the husbands, fathers, brothers, and sons. If you, I hope you've picked up from this here that the, the responsibility and the value of motherhood is very great and wonderful. And moms need our full support. They, they need more than just to be told that we, we, more than just a verbal recognition that, hey, you're important, or the verbal acknowledgement that, hey, yeah, I, motherhood is hard. It, it's good for it that we acknowledge that, but it needs to be followed up also with support, with help, <laughs> with assistance. What, what, what is, if it's in your power, in any way that it's in your power, in your ability to equip, enable, assist a mother. And if you see a mother, well, just look for what you can do to help a mother and give her relief. And also encourage her when she is struggling with the challenge of motherhood. Give her encouragement too. Moms, your struggles with your own shortcomings, with falling short, <clears throat> are very ordinary. Because the more we long for holiness and godliness, the more we are acutely aware of how we fall short of it. It's very ordinary. And we become also aware of how sin undermines us in all our efforts. And sin is in every human heart and it comes to us from our first mother and father, Eve and Adam. When they disobeyed God, their hearts were corrupted with a sin they could not get rid of. And in Genesis 3, God explains some of those consequences of sin. In verse 16, he speaks specifically to Eve. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Sin infected the core relationships of humanity, husband and wife, mother and child. The good news is that the redemption in Jesus Christ is for all humanity and for all aspects of our humanity and all the roles that we play. He redeems your broken humanity and broken motherhood. In Genesis, God declared that motherhood was going to be essential to his plan to save humanity. In Genesis 3.15, God is speaking to the serpent, and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. A child of Eve will crush the head of the serpent. To crush the head, that is a final death stroke, complete victory. The ultimate enemy of mankind will be crushed by Eve's offspring. And this, this helps us understand Eve's excitement. In the very next chapter, chapter 4, tells us the birth of Cain. And, and Eve is just so excited <laughs> With the help of the Lord, I have birthed a son. And we can imagine she must have hoped. Could, could this child be the Savior? Could this be the one already? 
But no child born in sin can save their parents from their sins. And uh, maybe that's a, a burden that some children need to relieve themselves of, <laughs> that they cannot save their parents from their own, from their parents' sins. The Savior must be one who is without sin. And that is the good news declared to Mary, which we read earlier in Luke chapter 1. Mary, who would be the mother of Jesus. And I'll repeat verse 31. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And uh, the connection between Eve and Mary is, is beautifully shown in a picture. I'm going to ask you guys to, if you can advance the slide there to the picture here, see if it shows up. There we go. There's, there's been many pictures that have tried to show this. This one is a, is a pretty recent one and just really well done in its simplicity and, and color, and, but also um, how it portrays the two of them. And because we see in Eve, she, she, Eve experienced the fall into sin. She knew what, what the goodness of life before, so she experienced the the tragedy, calamity of the fall into sin. Mary saw the redemption from sin. So the hope that Eve looked for and longed for, knew she needed rescue, Mary saw that hope. And her son, Jesus, was crushed. Or not was crushed. He was crushed. But I mean, he crushed the head of the serpent. He defeated the serpent, which is Satan. He defeated him completely. And he did that by dying on the cross for the sins of all humanity, of all mankind, and by rising again from the dead. So the brokenness in humanity is redeemed, and all who receive Christ by faith and receive that redemption, they are receive his cleansing their sin in their heart is cleansed. Their heart is restored and made new in Christ Jesus. And he brings renewal for motherhood as well. Like I said, this re renewal is for all of our humanity, all of our roles, all the places of our life. And it gives us hope and renewal. Romans 8 verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Jesus, then there is no condemnation for your failings as a mother. Jesus is your righteousness. For Jesus' sake, God looks at you as if you have fulfilled Proverbs 31 perfectly every day of your life. So that means even if you're guilty of more than just falling short, but of actually of, of causing actual harm, that is forgiven and washed clean and can be repented of and can be started over from. That doesn't mean those relationships are immediately reconciled. I wish it did. But it does mean you are right with God and that you are different. It also means you're not being graded. God's not grading you anymore. You are set free to do good for goodness' sake. And there's also hope for change, that things really can change. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. So those who come to Jesus in faith are born again by his Holy Spirit. They are regenerated, given new life, given a new heart. So whenever your mind tells you that you don't have what it takes, that you're not cut out for this, that you're just not gifted for motherhood, remember that God has made you new, that he is actively at work in you every day, and that he is equipping you for what he needs you to be in this season of life. Jesus also redeems your sin. You cannot do enough good to make up for the sins in your life. No matter how people talk about redemption, I'm going to redeem this. You can't do enough good to redeem your own sins. But you do not need to because Christ has redeemed your sins with his goodness. He has redeemed your personhood, your motherhood, the way you raised your children, he's raised, he has redeemed it all. And he restores us and he reconciles us with his goodness, not with ours. So now, the purpose of our goodness then is to meet the need of others. We're free to do good for the benefit of others. We're not trying to do good to atone for our mistakes and our sins. The purpose of you doing good is to meet someone else's need. And there's a book I read on this, courtesy of my wife, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it taught that God's grace is not a lowering of standards. And it's an important difference here. We can, we can be gracious and, and kind and understanding, and that does not mean that good is suddenly, you know, that the bar is less. God, God does not say, lighten up. You were being too hard on yourself anyway. Like, no, that's not when the more we look at his law and his word, we, the higher we realize the, the standard was the whole time. It was higher than we ever thought possible. But his word, his truth sets us free. It helps us understand why we fall short. And it helps us understand why his ways are so good. His word shows where real help comes from, and it gives us hope for each day. Or how you live. So God does have real daily hope for moms so that they can live in freedom and love. Now remember earlier we noted that God has every motherly virtue in perfection. And he's given us his spirit so that we might fully understand what he, everything he has freely given us. He's given us the Spirit so that you might put on Christ, put on Christ's righteousness, Christ's wisdom, Christ's love, and His Spirit. So it's God's person and God's works. These are your ultimate hope. And the, and the ultimate end is not that you will be a perfect mother with a perfect home. That's not the ultimate goal here. Because what you need is God, and what your children need is God. Your children are sinners too. And even if you were the best mother that ever existed on the face of the earth, it's still possible that your children might reject you because they are fallen creatures too. And when we think of, of this day, Mother's Day, moms, you also know, hey, yeah, 
you will experience, your husband and children will also disappoint you. And their best efforts to honor you and recognize you will fall short sometimes, many times. But that's okay, because your true Mother's Day, your day of recognition, reward, relief, and rest is from God. He is the one who will say that word over you it says, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> Enter into the joy of your Lord. That is your ultimate Mother's Day recognition. is from God himself. So your satisfaction and your hope rests fully upon God. And your work as mothers now joins in his holy work of rescuing people from sin. When we think of all those wonderful things we described of the blessing of a godly mother and how much of that overlaps directly with what every one of us needs to be rescued from the brokenness and pain and sin of this world. So this work joins directly in God's work of rescuing people and redeeming a broken and sad creation. And what is God's work? He, he gives his children eternal life. He gathers them and he cares for them. He is guiding them and preparing them for their true eternal home. And Revelations 21, three through five tells of the true and perfect home that God has planned and is preparing for his children. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. God will wipe away all the tears that we cannot. He will heal and bind up all the, the brokenness and pain and, and sin and sickness that we cannot. And the true home we long for is the one that he is building for you. And remember, all your, all your efforts for your children, for your home, they find their true meaning and their fulfillment in God. So keep your eyes on God and on your eternal home, and his joy will be with you. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the way you created this world, for the gift of mothers and homes, and the blessing it is to each of us of godly mothers who, who live as you intended them to be for us in any way that they do that. And we thank you for your goodness, for the way you show us love through your good design for the family and for the home. And pray that you would help us to understand this, uh, to appreciate and love our moms and honor and respect them and show it to them well. Um, and to put for each of us, to put our full trust and hope in you who is preparing us and bringing us to our true eternal home. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.